Yeah, because we'll continue to focus on the, the vision of new life here to stretch, strengthen, and send people locally, nationally, and globally. I don't know if you've got it yet, but we're going to see a picture here. Okay, even if you've not got it, the GPO have got it. Okay, they've caught our vision. Okay, Billy Sullivan caught, uh, came across this this way and showed us it. Even the post office, okay, they have caught our vision of local, national, global, okay? The other side, it says to stretch, strengthen, and say, no, it doesn't, okay? But listen, but if you've not got it, thank God the post office have got the vision of New Life Church, and they're advertising it all over the place. Uh, after Jillian's preach last week, I wanted to, well, I thought about playing Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 9 in my preach, but couldn't quite get it fitted into what I wanted to say. So, but I want to look for a few moments at the story of David and Goliath that we've heard about today and a bunch of our songs have been focused on some of the truth in that. Our daily readings for Wednesday, if you do our daily readings, was this story. And I just want to pick out some stretching, strengthening, sending principles or thoughts around it. The background is that Israel and the Philistines, Israelites and the Philistines are fighting one another, which is not unusual if you know your, your Bible. That was a common occurrence. And David's got three big brothers who are away on the front line with Saul's army to fight the Philistines. I'm going to pick the story up. It's a fair size reading, but that'll encourage you. It's a short preach that's coming. It might not be truth, but we'll go there anyway. One day when this was happening, Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. And give these ten cuts of cheese to the captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. David's brothers were with Saul in the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left his sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. Soon as the Israelite saw, army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He'll give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now? Have you ever said that? What have I done now? David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. 
I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Wow. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I will do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of a living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from the st- a stream and put them in his, to his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with the shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come to me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, not with sword or spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. It's a great story. If you've ever been to church from whatever age you've heard this story, it is an incredible story. It's one of these faith-building stories. Five quick points along sections sending. Honestly, they'll be quick. Uh, the first point is that the order required obedience. Uh, there was an order from Jesse, go. When, David, when Jesse said to David, go, I'm sending you with us. It wasn't a suggestion. Okay, it was a command. It was a command to, to go, but it still required obedience. You know, there was commands and then there's suggestions. I've never driven in Paris, but I've been in Paris. And a red light is merely a suggestion of notice to the drivers in Paris. It's not a command like it is here, just whatever. Okay, but this was a command. It was an order and it required obedience. You know, the Bible is full of commands for us, and Jesus summed them up. This is a command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. They're not suggestions. They're commands. As is, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's a command, and there's a command here, but it needed obedience. It was sent on a mission. The heading in my Bible says, Jesus sends David to Saul's camp. Basically, take these food parcels. You're a delivery driver today, hence that title. You're just sending food to your brothers and the captain, who seem to have a liking for cheese. He says, give these 10 cuts of cheese to the captain and bring me back a report about how things are happening. Simply put, I'm sending you a mission, but it's not one you're not capable of doing. 
Sometimes we feel, oh, I can't do that. God will never send you to something that he's not capable of giving you the ability and the grace and the strength to do it. I'm sending you, David, but it required obedience, the order. And if we're stretching, sending, and sending, stretching, sending, and sending, it's God's commanding us to go and do it. And it's not just a suggestion, but it's something that needs obedience. We need to fulfill what we believe God's calling us to do. Point two, but the, and the obedience released opportunity. As you see the story unfold, we can see that simple obedience to the sending brought opportunities that, God, that David could never even have imagined or envisioned. It was just one day, Jesse said to David, go and take this food to your brothers. I'm sending you with this food to your brothers. Just a normal day. It wasn't a special day. It wasn't a birthday. It wasn't a celebration day. It wasn't an anniversary. It wasn't whatever kind of day you celebrate in the year. It wasn't Christmas. It wasn't whatever you care to celebrate. It was just an ordinary day in David's life. Jesse said, take this food to your brothers. And that obedience in that ordinary day caused David's every other day to be extraordinary. Just reply, just a simple obedience to what Father was saying caused the rest of his life to be changed forever. Listen, it's amazing when God asks us to do simple things, how if we just simply obey the order that God can bring opportunities beyond what we are thinking or imagining at any time. The victory came, but more than that, its opportunity came from simple obedience to do with God what Father had said in our instance, whatever he says to us, do it. He not only had an opportunity to defeat the giant, listen to what the king's reward was for the person who was going to king the giant. Most versions would tell you, first of all, it was going to make him wealthy and give him great riches. It was then going to give, the king was giving his daughter as a wife. Hopefully one he David liked. That's another story. And then his father's house was free from taxation in Israel. Listen, what an opportunity. Because David simply was obedient to taking food to his brothers. A simple act of obedience, a simple serving thing, brought opportunities to kill Goliath, make him filthy rich, and get a, a wife, hopefully one he fancied. But even if he didn't, two out of three ain't bad, as the prophet Meatloaf would sing. Okay, rich and no taxes for the rest of your life for me and my family. That's pretty good. But it, anyway, the story here. Is that obedience brought opportunities. But that opportunity also received opposition. Obedience to what God caused us to do will receive opposition. But you still press through with obedience. The opposition from the enemy. There is such a thing as spiritual warfare. I've heard it a bit about that too. But he's not as powerful as you give him credit for. But he will constantly speak threats and doubts into our life. David Listen to what the Bible says. David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. Don't you find that enemy just says the same thing to you all the time? He just throws the same taunt at you. Forty days, first thing in the morning, he spoke, Goliath, at night. First thing in the morning, last thing at night, he spoke the taunt into Israel. You know, we know what you hear first thing in the morning stays with you for the rest of the day. And the last thing you see or watch or hear at night can affect how you sleep at night. That's why let me encourage you. First thing in the morning, last thing at night, pray, 
Praise God. Read God's Word. Make sure that's what you hear first thing in the morning. Make sure that's what you hear first, last thing at night. Because what you hear, even Goliath knew it. If I do this first thing in the morning, I'll put fear into them for the rest of the day. And just before they're going to sleep, I'm going to speak that taunt again so that they can't sleep tonight. They're restless. All they're doing is thinking about me. It's important what you put in first thing and last thing in your life. That's just a throwaway one, but it is important. But Israel had 40 days devotion with Goliath. 40 days with Goliath. Every day. Listen, it's only when we dwell on what the enemy says that we get weaker and weaker. But if we dwell on what God says, we get stronger and stronger and stronger. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the words of Christ. Let me suggest, faithlessness and weakness comes because we open ourselves up to listen to what the enemy is saying or what those of faithless people are saying. But when we listen to what God says and we put trust in what God says, we get stronger and we gain strength. David's faith grew because he was strengthened by putting his faith in God and in the Word of God. But opposition from people as well. Sadly, it came from his brothers. Opposition came from his brothers. Who do you think you are, you little upstart? Well, I didn't say that, but you know what I mean. What are you doing here anyway? What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? Sadly, sometimes it's closest to us. Those closest to us can hurt us with the words. But listen, he also got opposition from the king, from the leader. I'm going to fight him. Don't be ridiculous. You're only a boy. Have you ever heard that, people? Have you ever felt similar? You're only a child. You're only a loser. You're only limited in your ability. You're only poor. You've only got one talent. You're only a misfit in society. You're only an old man or an old woman. Listen, have you ever heard words like that? You can put your only... You're only in there, if you like. But we've got opposition. But whenever there's a push for opposition, whenever there's God sending us, whether there's obedience to what God is calling us to do, opportunities will come. But there's also opposition will come. And you'll hear you're only this. Listen, but I want to tell you, whenever people write you off from your, their plans, God writes you in for his plans. God doesn't write you off. You're not an only person with God. You are a child of the living God. God's got plan and purpose for you, and God can equip you to do greater things. You're only a received opposition, but listen, but he pressed through that opposition. That opposition revealed obstinance. I had to think hard to get another row in there, but his opposition. But listen, obstinate means this, stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or chosen course of action, despite attempts to persuade one to do so. David, I'm in a mission. I'm in a mission. I've been sent. I'm in a mission here. The enemy was taunting him, stop it, don't do it. His brothers were saying, don't do it. The king was saying, don't do it. But the Bible says that David persisted. David persisted. I'm not going to be put off my course of action. Do you know success in God and life comes through obedience to what he's called us to do and being persistent in what God has called us to do despite the opposition that comes our way. David persisted. He's been sent in a mission, been sent in simple obedience, opened up ascending from God to change a nation. Your obedience might bring opposition, but let me encourage you, even when it comes on through the highs, through the lows, through the difficulties, through the oppositions, if you believe God is calling you to do something, if we believe God is stretching, sending us, sending us, we need to do it despite opposition that comes into our life. Keep going, keep persisting, keep breaking through, breaking ground. Listen, it was encouraged and strengthened. 
in this. He was stretched. I've killed a bear and I've killed a lion, but this is a whole new ballgame. Basically, David saying, this giant of an enemy is scaring all the church, even the leaders of the church, the so-called giants of the church. This is different. I've killed a bear and a lion, but this is a new ball game. I've been stretched here, but you know what? But I've been sent. I've been sent. And it's not just my dad. I've been sent by God. I'm here for the kingdom for such a time as this. This is my time. And listen, I'm prepared to be stretched by being sent into the war zone, the mission field, my neighborhood, my school, my college, my workplace. This is something that you're sending me into and it's stretching me. You're calling me to do something. It's maybe stretching me I've never done before. But you know what? I'm prepared to be strengthened in that and my strength is going to come because of you and who you are. He was sent. He was being stretched. But he was strengthened. And in the sending, he was being strengthened. You know why? He was strengthened because of his experience. It was strengthened in opposition. You know, opposition doesn't need to weaken you. Opposition can strengthen you if you, stre- if you keep your strength in God. My strength comes from the Lord God Almighty. Listen, he was told, you're only a boy. But his strength came from, I have been. I'm not a has-been. I'm a have-been. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. My life experience so far has been preparing me for this moment. He's basically saying, what I have been in the past is preparing me for where I am now. Okay, you can say what you like about me, but God has been preparing me, and I've been strengthened by my experience, my testimony. I've been strengthened by my testimony. I've been strengthened by my walk with God. God has shown up in difficult circumstances to be my protection, to be my provider, to be my peace, to be my power. I defeated lions and bears. God has enabled me. You know what? I've seen God move the mountains and I believe he'll do it again. I believe God will make a way when there's no way. I've seen him make ways when there's no way. I've seen him become my strength. I've seen him become my victor. And I believe that the same God who has been up to now, that is going to be the same God. I've seen him move mountains and I believe he's going to do it again. I've seen him defeat bears and lions and anything else, and I believe he's going to defeat this giant. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. I'm only this, but I'm strengthened because I have a testimony to tell. I have an experience of God in my life. There have been times when people say, you can't do this or this will never happen, but God has come through. God has come through. And the strength I face for today's battles, the strength that I stand in today is the fact that my testimony, my experience is that I have proven God in the past and he has never changed. And the same God who rescued me from the bear, from the lion, will strengthen me and cause victory to come into my life. My testimony is strengthened by him. When problems come too often, we cave in. And when opposition comes, what we need to do, we need to remind the opposition of what he's done. No, the enemy will tell us constantly, taunt us constantly of what we have done. But it seemingly comes to taunt us about what we are and what we are not and what we have done. We need to tell him and tell ourselves what Jesus has done. You tell me what I've done, but I'm standing on what he's done. And what he's done in the past is my story, it's my testimony. And what he's done in the past, he can do again. Listen, it's great to hear people's stories and testimonies. It's encouraging. It really is encouraging to hear stories. It's great to hear Adrian's story and being encouraged. It's great to hear 
Frank's stories. It's great to hear other people's stories, but get me, he, please hear this, Ryan. It's great to hear stories. It's encouraging. But our strength comes from our story. We're encouraged by other people's stories, but we're strengthened by our story because of what he's done in our life. Because what he's done. It's great to hear other people. And it is encouraging. But you know what? My strength comes, listen, he's done this to me in the past, and he'll do it again. Saul eventually says to David, okay, there's no one else you'll have to do. That's the gist of it. It should have been Saul that was doing it. He says, okay, you do it. Use my armor. What I've used in my journey, my battles, is what he's saying. But then David says, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. There's George Edger with a song. I'm not, I can't go in these. It's, that's your story, Saul. That's your experience of your battles. It's great to hear those stories, Saul. But, but I, I can't be strengthened. I can't go in your stories. I need my own stories. I need to prove God for myself. And church is great. And it's great when we come and we hear testimonies. It's fantastic. But we can't live in other people's testimonies. We can't be strengthened by other people's testimonies. David says, Saul, that, that's your relationship with God. And listen, and sometimes we try to copy other people's relationship and testimonies of God. Listen, you're unique. God's got a calling in your life. God's got a purpose in your life. God is sending you into a purpose and a mission that nobody else is going to go on. And while you can be encouraged by others, your strength comes from your story and who you've proved God to be in your life. Armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, the Bible says, but also his experience of God in his life. And he started across the valley singing, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And he goes singing towards them. And they get the point there. He started across the valley. His testimony is God strengthened him. His testimony is not just that God strengthened him, but his testimony and strengthened propelled him. His testimony propelled him to what was happening next forward to the next challenge. It was not just something to talk about. It was not just something to help with. No, our testimonies are great. They're strengthened. They're wonderful. What God does in our life is great. But it's not just something to talk about. It's something which should be propelling us into the future. It's something which strengthens us for what lies ahead. It's preparation for what's coming next. David started across the valley. He wasn't waiting and just sitting talking about the great things God has done. He said, I'm just telling you because it strengthened me because I've got another mission and what God is going to do, strengthen from the past, but it's forward. I'm not just dwelling in that. I'm not just telling stories 20, 40, 60 years ago. I'm strengthened every day so that God can propel me forward into the next story in my life. Listen, we all need those stories. It's okay to be stretched and strengthened, but he needed to be sent and started across this ending. And Goliath shouts, Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Well, I'm not going kind to. Of, that's the gist of it. Come over here. David says, You come to me with your carnal weapons, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's hands. And what he's saying is, when I, you say, You come to me with your weapons, but I'm coming to you in the name of. I'm carrying the authority of that name. 
I've been sent under the power of that name. It's not just a name, it's my authority, it's my power, it's my life. I'm coming to you in the name. I'm carrying all the authority of that name. I'm carrying all the power of that name. I'm carrying everything that's in that name. And all you've got is a sword and a shield and whatever else you've got. But you know what? There's nothing that you can throw at me which can stand against the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of Heaven's Armies. Okay, I'm maybe only a little boy, but you know what? I've got a testimony of the experience of the power and the life of God in me. And that same power which has brought me this far is going to send me forward. And no matter what opposition, no matter where we go, and as a church and individually, I believe God is sending us into new places, sending us places to proclaim his greatness, sending us into places. And yes, there's opportunities that will come when we obey. It will be opposition, but we need to keep persisting. Do you know why? Because we've got a cause. David says, I've got a cause here. I've got a fight. You've got a cause to destroy and kill. I've got a cause which is greater than your cause. I'm carrying authority greater than your authority. And I want to tell you, I know my God. I've got a test about my God. And my God has done things in the past. And this is nothing to him. Listen, it's a new challenge, but it doesn't matter. I've proved my God in the past, and I'm speaking forth that in my God's name, you will die. Listen, I'm going to speak prophetically. It says, today the Lord will conquer you, and I'm going to kill you and cut off your head. Just imagine that. Huh? There's a giant of a man who the whole of the Israel army is scared of. The king is scared of. He's standing before the He's up to where the light things are, just about... And David, a little boy, says, you know what? I'm going to cut your head off of there. Okay. As the story unfolds, we didn't read it. He was, Goliath was threatening with a sword. I know we say that the sling hit the giant, but David used Goliath's sword to cut his head off. I, the thing that you're threatening me with, enemy, I'm going to be used to kill you and destroy you and bring victory into my life. And I'm moving forward in Jesus' name. And point number five is obstinance, is persistence. Listen, I just feel God is calling you to be obedient to things in the house. And some of you have been a resistance. Some of you might be resisting a vision to be straight, strengthened, and sent. But as we obey, God, as you obey God, God's going to open opportunities for you beyond your wildest dreams. I really believe God's got mind-blowing opportunities for people in the house. But we simply have to obey and do what he's asking us to do. Started with Jesse, you said, I'm sending you with a food parcel. You had a delivery driver, but that delivery brought deliverance to the whole nation of Israel. Hence the delivery of deliverance. Being to be obedient. There's opportunities coming. Yeah, you have opposition, but you need to be obstinate in, your, op, in the face of opposition and declare, I'm on a mission. I'm carrying the authority and the call of God in my life, and I carry his authority. And his obstinance resulted in an ovation. What do we mean by ovation? Enthusiastic applause or public welcome. What we read in the next verse, what we didn't read, says, the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph. There was an ovation because David was obstinate enough to persist in the face of opposition. Listen, don't focus on what you haven't got. Focus on what God has given you, who you are. Be stretched, yes, 
but be strengthened by your testimony of what he's done and knowing that he has sent you. Can we stand for a moment here? David was sent on a routine task, but he was sent by God to deliver Israel in fulfillment of a routine task. He was strengthened by his experience of God and faith in him and the cause of the kingdom. Goliath had a cause to destroy God's people. David had a cause. And it's this, that the whole world will know that there was a God in Israel. Do you know why we have been stretched, strengthened and sent? So the whole world impressed with Cumberland, Scotland, UK, Europe, the world will know that there is a God, that there is a God in Preswick, that there is a God in Cumberland, there's a God in Scotland, there's a God in the United Kingdom, there's a God in Europe, there's a God in our world who sits on the throne. And that's a cause. It's not to build a name for ourselves. Our cause, our sending, is so that the whole world will know that there is a God in heaven who's come to earth to transform them. Are we willing to be stretched, strengthened, and sent? This morning, I believe God's putting stuff in people that you've been resisting. You know God's calling to do something you've been resisting. Today's a moment say, Lord, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be obedient to what you're asking me to do here. And I just would speak over your life. David spoke prophetically over Goliath's life. He said, I'm going to kill you. That was a prophetic word of God. I'm going to speak that God's going to open opportunities for you that you couldn't even imagine. Lord, we pray, Lord, that as a group, Lord, that we will be open to be obedient to whatever you're causing us or asking us to do. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities that you're going to open up, which will blow our mind. As David just responded in obedience, not one ordinary day, you made his life extraordinary. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that no matter what opposition comes, we've seen our God who's done it in the past, will do it again and bring us through. Because we don't fight with mere weapons or natural abilities. We come in the name of the Lord of heaven's arms. We come in the name which is above every name. And Father, our hearts cry, our hearts desire, is that people come to an ovation of praise and worship, of knowing the God who is in their world. Lord, that the whole world will know. Father, I pray that our world will know, that our cities will know, that our colleges will know, that our workplaces will know, that our families will know, that our political leaders will know, that our business leaders will know, that our education leaders will know, that everyone in society, that our media will know, that sports fields will know, that local governments will know that there is a God in our world. And he will be honoured and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.